Well, good evening, and welcome to Mountain Bears. I'm Ace Knight, and of course with me tonight is my sad kick with the most is Techie Joe. Hello, darlings. Hello, hello. How evil are you? Oh, not too evil. Finally getting caught up on some stuff I need to do this week, so it's yeah. been a crazy week for me physically. I've been fighting <laughs> sleep all week only to realize that sleep was apparently exactly what I needed, so that was fun. <laughs> well, not only was it fun, but it was important, you know, because you woke up this morning and going, oh, I can, you know, X, Y, and Z is occurring. Yes, I had better balance and uh, my fingers were less clumsy. So I'm loving that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'd kind of given up on those two things. I thought that was like permanent now. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, like, I told you it takes anywhere from 18 to 22 months for nerves to regrow and retract and then rebuild. Um, so, yeah, that'll be good yeah. for you. Yeah, apparently my body's been trying to do that all week. And if I'd known, I'd like, sorry, guys, but I might have crashed out Tuesday night and just slept until like sometime mid-afternoon Wednesday. Um, I could have joined, you know, I yeah. can run this. Yeah, but no, because like Tuesday night is when it really started hitting. It was weird. Yeah. Um, but no, I wasn't expecting that one because we went through some of that in the beginning with after my neck surgery. Yeah. And then, yeah, here to have it all of a sudden again, mm -hmm. you know, because I used to have days like that right after neck surgery where it was like, oh, my God. Like I, had days where you, I think you just slept the whole day. Well, I had days that I like slept all day. I had days that I was fighting sleep all day. Like, I just know I've got to get up and do something like I Correct. cannot lay here for the rest of my soon to be very short. If I don't get my ass up life. <laughs> Right. You know, I was an evil nurse. I made you get up and eat, wouldn't feed you in bed. I know, you were evil. Yeah. Nurse ratchet on top of it, I think you called me. I, I may have. I may have. <laughs> Hello, Hi, everybody. The chat is active, y'all, and, you know, yes. baristas, feel free to join in. We're going to a few things we're going to talk about tonight. Absolutely. But first, let's give our ear our headphones warning. <laughs> yes, if you have small children or easily offended family, you may want to switch to headphones because this will only be adult appropriate. I, I'm going to curse a lot. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> because we are not made for children. In any no. more passion or focus. Um, Anyhow, so what do you want to talk about first? Oh, let's lead with the good one. So Ted Cruz took a vacation in the middle of a natural disaster. Yeah, Mr. Lazy-Ass Stupid Fuck of Texas. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. we should have given him a few seconds to grab the headphones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just a few. Um, decided to take off to Cancun. While we have people freezing to death, we have homes getting destroyed. We have people freezing in their recliner in their living room, frozen to death. Yeah. Well, and and Ted Cruz basically like he's getting flack for so much of this. One, he took off to Cancun. 
Uh, two, getting to and through the airport required police officers be pulled off of handling the current natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 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 was bad optics right there. Um, but okay, you know, then he goes to Cancun. Mm-hmm. Um, then he comes back. Right, because you know he got caught. Well, British media didn't report this. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Okay. We had passengers on at Dallas Airport taking pictures of him and going, "Can you believe this? Ted Cruz is on the plane today. Can you believe this? Ted Cruz is flying to Cancun with me on my honeymoon." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hey, Dottie, if your family's inappropriate, turn it to eleven. Um, you know, let the neighbors enjoy. Um, but no, so anyway, though, so he takes off to Cancun, basically makes a return trip, Mm -hmm. claiming that was the plan all along. Right. Okay. Then it starts leaking that he was originally supposed to return Saturday, but he ended up going standby for a ticket to come back the next day. Uh Uh-huh. Then he gets, you know, of course, media ambushed at the airport. As he should uh, be. As he should. um, With questions about his trip. um, To which he decides to blame all of this on his children. Mm -hmm. Um, Hi, Ashley. Blames all of this on his children. um, with, With this whole, like, well, you know, I was trying to be a good dad. Make sure that they got there safely and checked in and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting here going, like, what is Heidi? Yeah. Like, is she incapable of managing two children and air travel? Well, not only that, Ted Cruz, you know. Oh, yeah, we're on Ted Cruz. My question is, his children, I believe, are 10 and 12. Yes. How many 10 and 12-year-olds want to go to Cancun? Well, that's a fun one, too. Um, you know, that, that's more of like a 17, 18 and beyond trip. Right. But hey, you know, um, whatever floats your boat may not mm-hmm. have been their first trip there. They may enjoy Cancun. Who knows? Who cares? Even if it was their idea, even if it was their idea, you're the responsible adult here. And I can totally understand wanting to get your family, you know, in out of this situation many in texas would like to get the hell out of this situation lacking resources to do so you have resources to do so drop your wife and kids at the airport and you know love you miss you have a good time you know enjoy the trip i'll be here um i I think we could all see that maybe happening and it's like okay that's still a little But I can understand it. Um, Unfortunately, the more, like, now we're getting into neighbors and friends are, like, outing him with the text messages before this trip in which he had no intent to return before Saturday. He was going to ride this out on a beach with, you know, a nice old drink in his hand, and it was going to be a great, you know, vacation. Exactly. He has been. He only returned because his campaign manager got on the phone and said, "What the fuck are you doing? You get your ass back up here." Yeah. 
So then he's turned around and, and after blaming his kids has now been like, you know, when I got on the plane and sat down, I thought maybe this would look bad. And it's like, okay, dude. Yeah. PR nightmare rule number one. Mm-hmm. Now, Ashley is one of our baristas and she is also a mother. Um, Ashley, your kid, now his kids are 10 and 12. I've not had to deal with children in a very long time. Do they even know what Cancun, Mexico is? Fair question. Yes. Now I'm there. We'll wait for that one to come in. I'm looking at Dottie's comment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a whole separate issue with, um, you know, uterus. I mean, ERCOT, um, you know. If it well, were called uterus, you know, they'd be all over regulating the shit out of that. Well, um, I'm loving that meme personally for Texas right now as if they had called it uterus. It would have been regulated the hell and back. Well, here's um, the thing with this. They were told in 2008 mm-hmm. that they needed by their investors and by everyone else, they needed to weatherize the equipment mm-hmm. because they were losing power in the summer. They were losing power in the cooler areas, and they started to get snowfall in the hill countries. They mm-hmm. refused to. Right. Well, and it also becomes a long-term issue. Plus, this is Texas. Right. With the number of storms you have going through this area that are typically tropical storms, not winter storms, mm-hmm. but with the number of tropical storms... I would think this would be one state in which you would really want to start looking at buried, um, you know, at a buried grid versus right. an above ground grid. Right. Um, like North Carolina has done in large swaths of North Carolina. Um, just because the snow and ice, especially, um, is very bad there. Not to mention all the problems that North Carolina faces coastally. With, you know, storms from off the coast coming in and knocking stuff out. Um, Going underground helps a lot. Right. And their governor right now looks like the dumbest idiot ever. Like, Jim Justice is level stupid one. (laughs) Governor of Texas, I can't even pronounce his name because he's an idiot. We'll just call him the Texan idiot who has been governor three times. First blamed wind and solar. Someone goes, oh, but that's only 7% of your grid. Then it's currently outperforming even our predictions for this weather event. Yes. Yeah. So what about the other 92% of your standard grid? Also failed to winterize. That's currently the problem they're facing with like wind turbines is Texas being Texas and the the general climate there, they didn't see the need to winterize. Right. Um so they they for they they kind of foregone that. Right. And you know, went, yeah, it'll be fine. It, it doesn't get all that cold, it doesn't get all that bad, you know, it's it'll be fine. It'll be okay. And yeah. Um, you know, which, but it's the same problem they've had with the rest of their system is again, generally speaking, Texas, not all that bad, right? Not all that bad in the winter. Not like it's not a tropical hot spot, but it's not all that bad. 
Right. Average uh, degrees is 60 degrees in the winter. They'll drop to 50. Uh, there's a few gardening. Um, the one the, there's a woman of. Um, oh yeah, gotta love that there are totally functional like wind turbines all around the rest of the snow-covered world, fully functional right now. Right. So it's now awesome in the winter if you can keep them clear, i.e., put uh, windshield wipers on them. The very large windshield wipers, by the way. Oh, solar? Yeah. yeah, very much. Actually, solar works better in cold weather and with a, a snow-covered ground because it actually, the snow will reflect light. You actually get an increase in the amount of um, capture possibility. Right. Um, slap on the fact that you really don't, it, granted, there can be issues when those panels are snow-covered. Right. Um, however... Well, but however, those being dark colored panels, as long as you can start to, it, it's sort of like having an asphalt driveway. Mm -hmm. As long as you can get that direct sunlight onto any part of it that's exposed, it'll actually clean off itself pretty well. Right. Um, we I used to pull that stunt with our drive uh, driveway in Princeton all the time. Because mm -hmm. all you had to do was like two paths down it, and as long as you don't have to go anywhere that day, as if you went out first thing in the morning, did your two paths, the rest of it would start to melt down. Right. And then it was just a matter of making sure you had somewhere for the water to go. Right. Which, so. gee, they can go into the cooling system. Mm -hmm. So we have an internet governor, a privatized electrical system where people now have electric bills at $9,000. And climbing. And climbing. We have debit card accounts that mm -hmm. are automatically being charged seven and eight thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, because and especially with the go like gritty is coming up in this. Yeah. Um, because apparently in Texas you can do this thing that to save on your electric bill, you can pay by effectively the day. Um <laughs> You have a monthly fee uh, as a home user of like $9.99 a month. And then mm -hmm. you pay wholesale rates updated at five minute interval. Mm -hmm. um, ex basically exactly what they're being charged. Right. And that's a problem at the moment. Right. Um, and one that I don't think anyone, including, you know, especially not the customers, but including like the gritty itself. I don't think ever anticipated right. um, because when you look at their like sales table of like one, the service will tell you that 96% of the time you're going to pay less than what you would pay through any other power, you know, through your normal metering. Mm -hmm. um, but in instances where it is more, um, that table only goes up to a dollar right. per kilowatt hour. Uh -huh. Now, keep in mind, kilowatt hour average in Texas uh, before all this was like nine point something cents per kilowatt hour. Right. So it, ridiculously small, which is what most people pay. Your per kilowatt hour is typically fairly low. Like West Virginia, it's like 13 some cents per kilowatt hour. Uh -huh. This isn't the really expensive part. Um what has happened is that in the course of this storm, they've started hitting dollars per kilowatt hour in the hundreds 
Um, and looking at yesterday's expected, it was ranging between 740 to $880 per kilowatt hour. So even the people right now getting power uh -huh. are paying like price gouging rates. There's nothing else you can call it. Right. This is like going to Lowe's in the middle of a hurricane and being charged $10,000 for a box of fucking screws. Exactly. Like, you know, or $4,000 a sheet for plywood. Right. Like it's price gouging. There is nothing else you can call this. But Texas's power grid is completely unregulated. Exactly. Which I think that we're going to see some quick changes on that factor. Mm-hmm. I think the federal government will issue and control some power to this. Well, I think that the people of Texas are those who are most likely going to end up bankrupt. Right. Before this all clears up. Right. Now, one going to be infuriated. Me go, what? Within an hour of having a disaster recovery request done, Biden signed <clears> it. Biden looked at FEMA and said, pack your trucks and get the hell out of here with some diesel and some blankets and some food and whatever else you got. Move it. Fort Bragg, get your ass moving too. Yeah. And the news media was like, isn't it so nuanced that a president is moving so fast during a disaster? Oh, I would say we were, yes, the Cheeto. Um, I'd say without him, we were definitely going to see some change with Texas. Mm -hmm. Texas, uh, and again, this is all predictable. Like, right. it, this wasn't a, like, a surprise. Mm -hmm. This was a literal perfect storm. Mm -hmm. um, and it was awaiting the next major, you know, shutdown and overload of this system for this to happen. Because right now, if you're a resident of Texas, if you have any power at all, even if you know you're still in a rolling blackout state, um, when you have power, whenever that may be, your first priority is going to be to try to get heat into your home. That's why I'm going. This isn't an option. Right. Like typically, what you would tell a consumer is to save money on electricity. You know you know, turn the thermostat back and, you know, do all these other things. These are people trying to unthaw their homes just so they can survive in them. If not, you know, being left to vacate them right. um, for so many people, because again, we're not talking about a seasonal average temperature. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not a, you know, these people can leave their homes because if they have somehow managed up to this point, and turn off the breaker box when they do. Um, but these people cannot leave their homes at this point if they have any hope of salvaging that home. As in being able to keep those lines from freezing. I had to stop watching TikTok the other day. Like, literally, I had to, like, put the phone down. Mm -hmm. um, because they were showing video after video after video of ceilings destroy ceilings and cabinets and everything else just being covered in water and the mm -hmm. people because of pipe rusting mm -hmm. the people did not even know where their water meters are i don't care if you are in an apartment or if you are in a home please locate your meters 
because you will need to know where they are. I understand some people may not know where their lines are, but locate your meters. Right. Um, and now's a good time mm -hmm. to point out that a lot of homes do have an indoor shutoff mm -hmm. um, that is separate from your meter. Mm -hmm. um, because while on the meter side, that can be a little problematic for people, especially in extreme cold weather and under snow to one locate to get that open and three, get it shut off, uh -huh. um, especially with all the problems that Texas is currently facing with their water system and pipes, uh, main lines, um, freezing and busting. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of homes do have an in-home shut off. Right. Um, and somewhere, around somewhere in the, uh, the hot water tank for some reason. Like they like to stick them there. Yeah. A lot of systems are set up so that your line in typically immediately stops at the water heater and right. then everything branches off from there. Right. Um, now, I grew up in a home in which that's not exactly how ours worked. Ours came in from one corner uh -huh. and the water heater was in another corner. Right. So and you live in a home that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and things to remember here, and this is for everybody, because we've got at least one more major storm coming. Open your pipes up. I don't care if it isn't keep them dripping, but if your pipes freeze, open every pipe up. Even go and take off the pipes to the washer and dryer, which are normally on your main lines, and open them up. Stick them in a bucket, they will be okay. Absolutely. Um, but no, it, it is a big problem for Texas. Um, and this is not, none of this is gleeful. Like we're not no. talking about this from a point of glee, but it does unfortunately hit with, yeah, this is what happens. This, we like to have this conversation about government overreach. A lot of people do that. The government's too big that, you know, small governments are better the least governance possible. And usually the direction that conversation goes is exactly how Texas has ended up. Right. Like this is what little government oversight will do for you. Right. This, this is what, it, this is what happens. Right. We have tried for decades now to make the point that private industry is in the best interest of private industry. It does not care about the consumer. Right. And it will never care about the consumer. That's the part that people need to understand and get over real quick. Because we hear this about the minimum wage. Oh, you know, if if the workers deserved more, you know, if we raise minimum wage, it's going to raise prices. We've already declared that that's stupid. Mm -hmm. no economic, you know, product price is supply plus demand plus inflation mm -hmm. there is nothing about how many dollars an hour you're paying well and in business and especially the further the larger a business gets and the further top management is from the end consumer mm -hmm. of a product or service right. um whatever that may be and this can even include for-profit prisons the right. further detached the 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 top level decision makers are from the people or uh, that they're ultimately serving, um, who, who they actually directly deal with, the more 
or the easier it is and the more likely it is that you're going to see decisions based on dollars and cents, mm-hmm. not, you know, issues like morality, human rights, human dignity, respect for others. You're not going to see that. Right. Um, I'm just so tired of this argument because this is the same argument they used when they went to the five-day work week, the same argument they used when they went to the eight-hour shift, the same argument they used when nurses were supposed to be stopped from working continual 16-hour shifts. Oh, we're not going to have enough nurses. Oh, the prices are going to raise on everything. You're not going to have where it's at. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's also where additionally, you know, finally, bud, you're preaching to the choir tonight. Yeah. Well, I I would almost argue is that the value of unions is pointing out what should be obvious. Right. And what is obvious for many people um, that needs to be standardized. And we've seen that come out of unions. Um, You know, it's, you know, our work week our maximum or our typical normal hours of a work week. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the list goes on and on of things that unions have been able to, through getting this for their group of employees, put this in the national conscience or conscious of things that everyone should have. Yep. Um, In doing so, it also opened up the idea, oh, screaming socialism, Yes, call it. I'm there. Like, no one seems to get that. Like, even as their snow gets plowed off of their main road, no one ever gets it. Like, that's socialism. Hi, did you get to the grocery store today? That's socialism, one way or another. However you got there, socialism made it possible. Sorry, hate to break it to you. Gonna have to go live in the woods, off the grid, completely disconnected, grow your own food, and then you can talk about how much you hate socialism. Until right. then, you're kind of stuck with it yeah. um, because it's, it, and these are valid points to make. Um, right. But with the, the union situation, what ultimately came of that is that we put this in the national conscience uh, or conscious. I don't know why I keep saying conscience, um, consciousness. And in doing so, many of these things became standard labor practices. Mm-hmm. Like they became government regulation. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this this is, you know, so <laughs> it's not just unions that we need. It is smart, intelligent regulation over industry and business. Right. That actually sits here and pays attention to what's going on in the working world for the average employee and tries to make sure that that becomes a fair and equ- equitable situation. Because quite frankly, back to this whole concept of dealing with businesses, the decisions are going to be made over dollars and cents. Mm -hmm. I didn't take one damn class in a business school in college that dealt with finance, economics, or accounting, Mm -hmm. or any other part of business that said, and this is what we should do to create a fair and equitable environment for employees. There's not a class on that. Right. That didn't exist. Still doesn't. I can already tell you that from out of an MBA program, you're not going to learn that either. Right. That's not a class. 
MBA programs and business schools are all about what is best for it or in the best interest of a business. Right. It doesn't sit here and look at the employee as part of that situation. That's a human resource. Mm-hmm. This is where we distance or start distancing ourselves from human beings, you know, Bob the mechanic. We first call them a human resource. Mm-hmm. And then we add so many layers of management and other people till we get to a, in a large company, a executive that will never meet Bob, doesn't know what Bob's situation is, and doesn't really care about Bob. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, if Bob gets injured on the job, they have a team of lawyers that are going to sit there and fight any claim he makes. And even if on the one-off chance, Bob manages to get his case through, it's still going to cost them less to not implement this policy and let Bob maybe get through the process on a might get injured situation. They're going to let Bob potentially get injured. Right. That's how that works. Right. Hi, Gio. Welcome to uh, Mountain Bears. Hello, Gio. So the article I was referring to of a man freezing to death mm-hmm. or up to four people freezing to death. A 60-year-old, not identified, died in his chair Wednesday in mm-hmm. his home with his wife beside him. She's currently in the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, um, the wife was 72. They had no power on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I will also point out that I've seen comments from friends of mine that have family in Texas. And one of them that really struck a chord with me was this person was talking about, you know, y'all don't understand. We're down here in Texas. This isn't normal weather. We don't have generators. We don't have four-wheel drive vehicles. We don't have snow plows. We don't have... I'm sitting here, you know, our homes aren't built for this, you know, da, da, da. And I'm sitting here and I'm feeling a lot of connection with that because, yeah, we're in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You have a two-wheel drive vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it. Uh, oh, and another point was made about not having snow tires. Yeah, my no. car doesn't have snow tires either. Um, you know, our, our, our luck here is our homes were built around the climate. And that, mm-hmm. is, that is helpful. Um, but it, it still doesn't necessarily, for a lot of people in West Virginia, it's not that different. You don't get a house in West Virginia that automatically comes with a generator. Right. In case anyone thought that the further north you went, the more standard this gets. It's more likely. It's more likely that people in nice suburbs mm-hmm. will potentially have these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's not a guarantee. It, right. You don't just get issued it because you live here. You don't get issued, you know, snow tires because it's winter in West Virginia. You can totally go to a car dealership, and many people do and have two-wheel drive vehicles. Right. Um, and four-wheel drive does not make you a better winter weather driver. No, I snow actually do not. Do not make you a better winter weather driver. Right. Um, we don't have a generator. We function fairly well, but our house was built in 52. I've got six inch walls. 
that's the way the house is. And Colin, I'm not forgetting the carbon monoxide cases, people trying to stay warm in their cars and their garages and died. I'm not forgetting the two, uh, currently reported two homeless people. Oh, good for a lot of things. Um, the two homeless people that froze to death, one of them at the doors of a hospital. Mm -hmm. At the doors. Mm -hmm. Not on the street. At the front door. What is wrong with them? Mm -hmm. Okay. What is WD-40 good for? Anything that needs to be lubricated. It's no, 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 no. She's asking what was four-wheel drive good for? Okay. <laughs> I heard it as you started to say it. Um, no, four-wheel drive is typically meant for off-roading. And what it does is it works to power all four wheels of a vehicle, typically with a slip differential, meaning that each of those wheels can spin with more or less power. Mm -hmm. Basically, what's going to happen is if one wheel um, becomes, you know, loses traction, the vehicle's going to sense the high rate of spin, reduce the power to that wheel, and transfer it to the ones that do have traction. Right. Um, that is your ultimate idea in four-wheel drive, is to use your wheels that have traction and contact with, uh, with, with ground, that have the ability to grip, to propel the vehicle. Um, this does take some extra special care for the driver to make sure you understand what wheels are turning and which ones aren't uh -huh. because it can begin to affect the steering of the vehicle. Right. Um, because you can start moving in weird angles. Uh -huh. um, now, with all of that, with, snow can be a use case for four-wheel drive considering you can, in some instances, get in that stuck situation where you have, you know, contact and grip on the ground with like two or three wheels, but not with one or two others. Um, this doesn't work on ice. Right. Um, not typically. Mm -hmm. um, you would need very sporadic ice um, to make this more useful. Right. Um, typically in a two-wheel drive, your standard traction control will handle with that. No. Um, on a four-wheel drive vehicle, the more prevalent ice is or the more percentage of the road is ice covered, the less help that is. Right. Because once you get four wheels without traction, there's nothing the vehicle can do to make this better for you. Right. It, it's not going to get better. Right. And, you know, the Explorer had four-wheel drive. I use it twice. Twice. Mm -hmm. Both in the summer, both visiting friends, their driveway was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can get totally stuck in four-wheel drive. It's not hard. No, it's not hard. hard. It's not a benefit. I like I like front-wheel drive. I'm more comfortable in the winter driving rear-wheel drive because that's what I learned on. But these people don't have a clue. Like, they don't have a clue on how to drive in snow. They don't have a clue how to drive in winter. They've never done it before. This may be the first time they've seen snow because they haven't had temperatures like this since 1901. Well, actually, there were, it was depending upon what area of Texas and as to when the last time they had temperatures this low. 
Right. And it ranged everywhere from, I think, like 89 mm -hmm. uh, or 87, somewhere in the, the 80s, all the way back to the 1800s. Right. Um, depending upon where in Texas you are the last time it was this cold. And with that much of the state being affected, mm -hmm. that's um, the, the bigger unprecedented part. Um, it's not that Texas doesn't have sporadic, you know, super colds. Mm -hmm. uh, but in many cases, it, it's so far back. It's ridiculous. Now, what I find surprising, and mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever heard a president say this, and I have listened to Car well, actually, JFK all the way up, um, but live Reagan. Biden was supposed to visit Texas next week. Mm hmm. Biden went to air and said, I'm not coming because I'm not taking those resources away. Right. There's a lot that goes with a, well, there's a lot that goes with a presidential visit. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is a very big resource hog. And again, with so much of Texas being inundated right now, mm -hmm. that's resources are very, very thin. Right. Um, um, given the number of severe issues they're having. This isn't a massive record snowfall in West Virginia. This is not a flood in West Virginia. Right. Because these are things that happen. And, and they're usually fairly localized. Right. You know, this is a whole state that has effectively been plunged into chaos. Right. And what I don't get. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have Biden. Texas didn't vote for Biden. We know this. It's a Republican state. Ted Cruz gave him a bunch of trouble trying to get him get through the election process. Mm -hmm. He did not second guess. He didn't question. He said, hand me the paperwork. Get moving. Right. And it's on camera. He signs the paperwork, hands it to the secretary, and says, get moving. Mm-hmm. I didn't get why that made a news story up until probably... A little while ago when i thought about puerto rico when i thought mm -hmm. about the virgin islands they got hit by not one two hurricanes and fema did not show up till almost two months later mm -hmm. because they didn't have voting power well and then you have puerto rico that still has issues right um but and a lot of this even during you know the beginning and all the way technically through COVID, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Cheeto response mm -hmm. was kiss my ass and I might, you know, throw you some table scraps. Right. And that's been a repetitive pattern that we saw throughout. Right. If you weren't an ass kissing Republican and God help you if you're, you know, a Democrat period, mm -hmm. um, that lowered your priorities. Mm -hmm. um, sort of like we saw with DeSantis this week, um, and, you know, that if certain parts of Florida, you know, were critical of his response with uh, vaccination distribution, um, after he basically, or the state basically set up a private event for mm -hmm. COVID vaccination, that, that the county that occurred in was a touch critical Right. And he said, that's fine. If you want to be critical, we'll send the vaccine elsewhere. Right. So please let me know. 
um, which is probably one of the most let them eat cake responses. And, and just the delivery of it was, it was a level threat, you know, kiss my ass, blow smoke up it. Right. I'll keep you from dying. Otherwise I'll gladly let you all die. Right. And I'm just sitting here going, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's a response. Yeah, and Asher brings up that Puerto Rico's mail system hasn't recovered. A lot mm -hmm. of things haven't recovered. They've gone eight and nine months, but again, they don't get these cold temperatures. I'm sure they've gotten very resourceful. This is just a reminder to everybody. Gas grills do not belong in a home. No. You cannot cook in the home with a grass grill. Move your kitchen to the front porch or the back porch. And not use it as a heat source. And it's not a heat source. Yes. Neither are your gas appliances. Um, you know, and yeah, it, like all those things, please be very, very careful. We understand your cold. We understand your freezing. We understand this. Please be very, very careful. Yeah. I, I know that in a panic, it is so easy to make a snap decision that will cost you your life. Right. Please. Please think it through very carefully and don't be afraid to, to admit I fucked up and we need to do something different. Right. Quickly. Quickly. Um, also, water is returning to Ashland. See, this is the other part. And we learned, we went through this with the Duratio. Once you lose power for more than 48 hours, your pumping station shut down and you begin losing other services like water, <laughs> sewer processing. All this, it all starts shutting down because none of it has independent power because, you know, we've gone to the grid system that is now reliable and we've continued to create other problems because of that. Mm -hmm. Well, and emergency generators are emergency uses. Right. These are meant, normally not meant to continuously power anything. Mm -hmm. for extreme extended amounts of time. These are not meant to be a primary power source. Mm -hmm. These are only meant to be a temporary stopgap. Right. Um, and what can very much happen, the most common generators you run into are gasoline and diesel. Right. Um, you know, especially when you're talking about like hospitals and pumping stations and things like that. Even if they have a generator, that is typically not going to be grid tied, meaning that it's not going to be natural gas. Um, very unlikely it's going to be propane. Um, even if it is propane powered, that still requires refueling much like diesel. There's right. also maximum amounts of runtime on those. Right. Before, because again, these are not meant to be power plants. Right. These are an interim stopgap solution. Right, and um, that's the reason diesel, diesel was one of the first things that were released, was told, get it there. Yeah. Fly it in, drive it in, whatever, get your trucks moving. Because they have all the energy, all the oil, crude oil, all over the place. Mm -hmm. It has to be processed. Yeah. They can't process it. It has to be refined. They can't do that. So this mm -hmm. was really a nice big tie tug up. All right, so in other interesting news, mm -hmm. and I never thought I would talk about this, but I think I'm going to talk about it anyhow, just because it's like, yeah, we knew this. For those who know, the, the, the Kardashians are ending. 
They're moving over to like Hulu for some spinoff stuff, but they're leaving Annie and the Kardashian family main show is ending the Kardashians. Guess what is also ending? The, uh, what is that? Kim and, uh, Kanye West marriage. Yes. Yes. She has filed for divorce officially. Always fun and exciting. Always fun and exciting. Always like, hmm, where's this going? What's going on with this? But, you know, I'm going to say she hung out longer than I thought. Six years. Um, I'd be like, mm -mm, ain't doing this. Ain't going here. Ain't dealing with it. You know, because he done went for cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, we may have to have a clemency hearing before we can have a divorce hearing. There's that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like, I, I think you follow the Kardashians a little bit more than I do. So I'm, I'm going to have to defer to you on that one. So what all has been going on in this situation? Because I, I like, I generally know the family's TV crazy. I, I don't mean they are crazy. I mean, they will do a lot for ratings. Um, they will do a lot for ratings. They will do a lot for, um, well, they've developed a few things. They created social media marketing. Mm-hmm. You can all thank the Kardashians for that. <clears throat> they figured out branding and sponsoring and all that early on. Chris is very much into production and how to handle and mar- money market business. Mm-hmm. So the past year and a half, Kanye West's course has flipped his lid. Like, I'm sorry, he's gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He's throwing Grammys in the toilet and pissed on them on live can- on. Instagram, he's done a lot of crap. He also, before this, was doing Sunday services and trying to run a cult, but apparently that isn't working out for him. And Kim has done everything she can to control the situation and the press and the media of it. And she has had enough. Enough of him, enough of him trying to control her, trying to control, you know, brand deals and things that she's trying to do to support her family. Mm Mm-hmm. And her, what, five kids, six kids? Oh, I have no idea. But no, it also kind of brings up the point, has anyone tested the water in their home? (laughs) I mean, it just sounds like a lot of drama keeps building up there. Right. Like, is there a lead poisoning situation here? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, and it seems like each of the relationships these kids get into all go really sideways. Right. Like, it, 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 none of them have ended well so far. Yeah, she's had four children. The, the oldest is seven, the youngest is 21 months, and she's requested joint legal and physical custody. I think that needs to be changed to where she has full custody and he has visitation um, pending a psyche vow. Um, of course, Kanye unsuccessfully ran for president. Um, I personally think that was trying to get black voters to vote for him um, to split the Democratic vote. Um, And it's just been one thing after another with him the past two years. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of a lot. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like the news just gets weirder every day. Right. Like kind of back to our first story. I cannot believe Ted Cruz hopped on a plane and thought this was a good idea at any point. Well, I thought he, he I think he thought that, and then what's even more is he, you know, um, said something about the border, fussed about the Green New Deal, fussed about, you know, all this stuff going, you know, it has literally attacked the president and president-elect and vice president, but then goes and does it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of this back and forth of, like, hypocrisy that's, like, blind hypocrisy. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, again, um, now switching gears really quickly to other news that, you know, Rush Limbaugh is dead. Mm-hmm. You should only say good things about the dead. He's dead. Rush Limbaugh is dead. Good. Um, and that's everything we've got for that one. Moving right along. Um, and if you don't think Rush would appreciate that, you've never watched his show and all the horrible things he said over the years about anyone who died. Right. Um, so, you know, that's our farewell send off to him. Right. And maybe we need a nice little 21 middle finger salute. I don't know. No, I think that, you know, Rush Limbaugh's dead. I'm sure someone else will replace him on radio. Let's hope that they have a better style. Although Fox News has been cleaning house a little. Like they like we keep losing some of the worst voices there. Like it's it's a slow progress. Yeah, (laughs) one billion dollar suit after another to get the Mm -hmm. get the blonde bombshells off the TV and the dumb people off. Basically, but yes. I don't know. I call it improvement. Right. Like microscopic improvement. It's not going to change the totality of the network or like the messaging it sends, but it does at least like throw some limit out there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can remember back when like Glenn Beck was left. And that was like, oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. You know, like, finally, w- someone there went too far. Mm-hmm. Someone. But like, he came there was back a limit. in two months. Well, but there was finally a limit. Somewhere there was a limit. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I'm sorry, after, like, you know, a couple of decades of Fox News and just, like, whatever, you know, anything goes. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there wasn't a line in the sand anywhere. Um, you know, that it just kept like amping and amping and amping, and it's like, where's the line for you guys? Apparently, like, Jerry Springer style news. Do what now? Apparently, Jerry Springer style news. Like, you know, they have to fight over the headlines. Hmm? All right. So next up out of the gate is, of course, Dolly Parton awes her fans because again, Parton has declined something. There was a large call and a large request for a statue of Dolly Parton to be placed at the Tennessee Capitol. Mm-hmm. Of course, Parton has declined it. Okay. And wrote a letter saying, maybe when I'm dead, I've got more work to do. But no, yeah. not right now. Hey, there you go. 
you know, as before, she she has at this time current tally. She has declined to um, medals from the president, presidential awards. She has mm-hmm. now declined a statue built in her image. Absolutely, which important during someone's lifetime. Like I can understand on the more commemorative side and respecting and honoring the deceased. That's got to be a moment when you're still living. Like, I'm not dead yet. Right. But look at Jennifer <laughs> Tennessee. I mean, she's brought the, she brought it back from the death climbers a number of times. Yeah. But it is still, like, being considered for it is definitely an honor. Right. In and of itself. Like, right. just right there. Like, that's, that's a lovely thing. Right. <laughs> Would provide a lot of shade, though. We're going to let that comment stand on its own and moving right along. <laughs> Very much moving right along. <laughs> so I had a um, moment this morning during one of our morning, my nighttime conversation, his morning conversation. We were discussing a movie. The movie is Birdcage. Mm-hmm. And for a moment there, I had to wonder if we had both watched the same movie. <laughs> clarify, are we talking about the one with Robin Williams? Are we talking about where, you know, the senator's daughter is marrying Robin Williams and his husband's daughter? Um, is it currently on Netflix? I will check and see if the birdcage is. I know it's frequently on Netflix. Like that that movie's got some years on it. Yeah. Um, so it's prime real estate for Netflix. Um, to be one of their frequent on again, off agains. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. Hey, there you go. Um, but no, I well, because last time we were talking about fried green tomatoes, that's a whole different thing. Right. Oh, yeah. There you go. She she caught up with us. Uh, yeah. Oh, the newer one with Sandra Bullock. That one I don't know offhand. I don't know the birdcage with Sandra Bullock right offhand. But did we make, remake another movie? Oh, don't tell me we did that. I'm looking at the one from 1996. Okay. Um, let me see where Sandra Bullock is at. Um, just so we know where we're at. Um, I have the list started. I figured out the movies. I, sorry, Ashley was asking, did I get my top 10 list done? Um, I have figured out what movies are going to be on it. Oh, um, the bird box, the bird cage. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 So anyhow, I watched this movie when it came out, um, and I saw a lot of me and its main character, you know, being at that time, you know, the stepmom working in a club. Clarifying Nathan Lane's character. Yeah, played by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found the story being very much trying to find your place when you're not a part of a nuclear and when you're not the the shape of the nuclear of what's standardly there. Um, and you saw much different undertones with it. Well, yeah, because it's one of those movies that you spend so much of the movie 
with this whole like non-traditional family dynamic of you know two gay men raising a child and what all of that you know must have been like considering their occupations mm -hmm. you know one owns a, uh, a nightclub the other one is a drag performer at the nightclub mm -hmm. you know this child had to be a fun friend and uh, all through school because right. like he had to be backstage for all of this like this is you know classic like backstage kid right um you know you know that's what this had to have been right. um you know and so of course there's a culture clash of the senator and you know the senator's daughter and the privileged life she's had up to this point minding her p's and q's and all of this and the two of them meeting and the integration of those two families but what i always found interesting through the movie is you hit right up to the dinner scene uh-huh and it's all of a sudden you you've watched all of the stuff going on in that household and all the effort they're making to try to like make this work and cover up the fact that you know the 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 son has two gay dads mm -hmm. um all of a sudden the mirror flips uh -huh. and you suddenly realize the family with the problem uh-huh isn't the one you think it is it's the senator the wife and the daughter that are totally screwed up right like, the they're all at you, each other's last wit and the dinner scene for you mm -hmm. made made the movie like that's the pivotal scene for you it is in a lot of ways like granted it's a comedy movie right in a lot of ways it is just straight up a comedy movie this is why you hire robin williams and nathan lane in the first place right and to some degree christine baranski whose name i finally remembered because i couldn't get it to come to head uh last night but so in this moment you realize that oh he had a mom and a dad mm-hmm you know, like one the minute she, you know Nathan Lane's character walks out dressed as this as a mom, uh huh, it clicks. Uh huh. Like that's what Nathan Lane's character was the whole time. Like he had the most normal upbringing of probably anyone in that room. Mm -hmm. And then here's this other family that's supposed to be, you know this staunch Republican, you know, morality, you know, right. Perfect suburban socialite family of politicians. Uh-huh. And they're broken. They're totally dysfunctional. They cannot pull their shit together for each other at all. Like if it doesn't fit their mold, fuck you. Right. Is and where they, they're existing at. Right. And see, for me, I got that at the park. Mm -hmm. the park scene where well, Nathan Lane and I'm been trying to remember the proper name, but Nathan Lane is there at the park. He's gone through a whole day of trying to figure out, Oh God, how am I not going to embarrass my son? You know, how am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. What can I do? Do I even belong here? Is this one of those points where it's like, no, this isn't my place. You know, is he ashamed of me? Is he ashamed of the life that, you know, the 20 plus years I raised him and put him to bed and, you know, all this. And 
you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to dissolve our marriage so that he can be happy and you can go do whatever you want. And I want, I want alimony and I want these rights to the bar and you can have these rights. I mean, just this whole scene of this is what I'm doing because I want this to happen. Right. That's well, where it shows that he, that, that the boy had a mom and a dad. Well, while that's one moment that led up to the dinner scene for me where it all clicks together, that was more about their relationship. And you're starting to find out that, you know, this is in many ways a very typical relationship Mm -hmm. minus all the paperwork. Right. Like, and that's the big point of that is they're not legally married. They're not, you know, you know, they've never done the wills. They've never done any form of legal protection for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've just kind of ran with this, mm-hmm. you know, that this is the situation. It'll, it works. Right. Um, you know, who, and that's kind of Robin Williams character's main point mm-hmm. is that, you know, who cares? Right. I don't care if you, you know, like it's all yours anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I didn't yeah. know you needed paperwork. Um, is kind of the point he starts making and it it does a lot for them and their relationship. Right. And you start to get how like, well, they work together. Right. But then it's not, for me, it's not until the dinner scene that you see the whole family relationship and you start to process everything that's gone on up to this point in contrast. Mm Mm-hmm. To this other family that you think that this should be the one that like everything's so easy right and this is the one where everything is so screwed up everything is so dysfunctional right no one's on each other's side well not only that but then you know and you brought up the bio mom and i'm like yeah but she wasn't even that concerned she was more concerned about the stepmother how is she reacting to this well yeah and for the, like, based on the first part of the movie, you end up kind of taking that as like, oh, yeah, Nathan Lane's character is kind of a drama queen all the way through. Uh-huh. Which he is. But then you start to realize that, and again, back to the dinner scene, is where it all starts to, like, slam together that, you know, this is a kid with a dad and two moms, or mm-hmm. however you want to term it, right? This is a kid that has three parents, right? That are all concerned. They just all did their own thing, and it's not this like, you know, you know, John met Jane and they got married and had a family and started a business and da 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 da. That wasn't it. It was. It, it is non traditional. It doesn't fit that mold. And you missed. You missed out. It's. He has a dad, mm-hmm. two moms, and a house nanny. Well, yes, there's, of course, Agador Spartacus. Yeah, um, which character I think should be expanded on. Well, that's a whole character in and of its, his self. Um, which, who cannot love Agador Spartacus? Um, but, you know. But all of it together, for me, it slams together in the dinner scene. Mm-hmm. And you see that just, like, everything's falling apart for this dinner. Like, everything's starting to come unraveled already. 
which sounds like, like any party I throw, but anyhow. You know. Um, like they're like Agador Spartacus is not a cook. Nope. Um, you know, they didn't think about the China and the China pattern and the fact that it's little Roman boys frolicking. Um, or as the senator's wife, you know, I think pointed out or was said in response to her question was they're playing leapfrog um, because it's this very like Greco-Roman style uh -huh. dinnerware. Um, and it's basically it's, you know, implied sex occurring between two men. Um, <laughs> so all these things are happening. Uh-huh. And like it's all starting to unravel, and, and like it's starting to like get weird and uncomfortable for the 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 um, girls' family, the, the uh -huh. Republican family, the the senator family. Just as Christine Baranski walks in, right when it's all like, what the hell's going on here, right? And because then it's it's like wait, if that's your mother, then who the hell is that? Right. Um, which has its own you know, humor to it. it but does. it's the point in which, you know, they sat down and start the conversation of, look, mm -hmm. this is reality. This is what it is. This is what's going on. You know, we're, we're sorry we lied to you. You see the Republican father blow up. You see, you know, his wife is like, oh, can it? And, you know, the daughter is like getting commanded to, you know, get the hell out of here and, you know, blah, 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 make a choice, whatever, ultimatum city. Yeah. And like it all slams together that, you know, at the very end of this dinner, mm -hmm. that like all of like everything that, his family did to help him uh -huh. in contrast her family is doing everything to break them apart right because he doesn't fit the mold what will the optics look like for him as a politician what will this be like you know you're gonna ruin your life you're gonna you know all of this starts like there's no effort to help her uh -huh. and be like do you like the kid right like, do you, like, no one, like, her family doesn't give a shit. Right. It's, what about me? What yeah. about us? Mm -hmm. You know, that situation. Right. But I hate to say this, that's probably the last good gay male-featured movie. Oh, yeah. We ended up having a whole separate conversation on that, is that there are major problems and very few really good gay cinema movies. Right. Lesbians, and this is where we have to be careful with saying gay cinema. Typically, that would imply the larger LGBTQIA plus community. The alphabet mob. No. Yeah, the alphabet soup. No, I'm talking specifically gay cinema. Right. They're, like, lesbians get amazing movies, one right after another. They're not all perfect, but, you know, they're really good movies. Better than Chocolate. Oh, my God, if you haven't seen that, like, that's worth it. That is so yeah. worth it. As long as there's lesbians involved, it'll be a good movie. When it is an entirely or predominantly gay male cast, and it is shot, built around, yeah, and billed as a gay movie, no. 
more than likely it's just porn with a plot mm -hmm. or it's effectively too gay to live right. in the sense that it tries to tackle so many gay issues mm -hmm. that it, it's like okay what all are we doing here? Like you have a like a main cast of four people, and you're literally covering like every stereotype, every possible issue and condition that affects gay community. Mm -hmm. Like you know, one right after another, after another, after another, and it, it just kind of it loses itself. Yeah, in trying to represent. Right. All of these, this whole diversity of things happening within gay community instead of like, we're going to talk about this. Like Philadelphia, great gay movie. Granted, it starred a straight actor playing gay. You know, but thank you, Tom Hanks. We appreciate you. That was an awesome movie and mainstream at that. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, Philadelphia was great. But when you look at like the rest of gay cinema, Birdcage that went mainstream, um, or was built and built mainstream again. Straight guys playing gay, um, you know. But then you have a lot of like typical gay, like it was built as a gay movie from the gay community all the way through it. Right. Those typically fall apart, and they're hard to watch. Mm -hmm. Not because, like, they're so whatever, but it's always, like, the same thing. It's either porn with a plot in which you just, like, totally screwed with half your audience or your more than half of your potential audience. Mm -hmm. Or it's covering so much you don't even know what the hell the movie's about. Right. Or, and I'm, I'm really tired of watching these movies that are Boy Meets Boy. They have a whole, oh my God, we are involved with each other thing. Mm -hmm. Then there's got to be a mental crisis somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Or some obstacle to overcome, i.e. family non-acceptance, whatever. And, and as many of those as you can check off the list. Yes. Like, as, yeah. like boy's a Mormon, boy this, boy that, boy whatever. And mm -hmm. then one of them's got to get a disease and either die or come close to death. In the yes. story, yes. what I would really find interesting is to see um, Tom and Jeff, i.e., Cagney and Lacey. Um, I would love to see Mission Impossible done correctly because mm -hmm. if you want to talk monotonous, go get you a couple twink bears. Those are the thinner sized bears. They can manipulate and plan out every answering detail. Promise you. Fair. Um, oh, and Dottie points out the producers. Mm -hmm. um, that one I haven't seen and I need to see. Like, I kind of did, a, like, for a while there, I binged on gay cinema for a little bit um, before I had... three of them, it's kind of all the same, honey. Well, I know, but I kind of kept looking. Uh -huh. I was in a mood because there's another movie... Uh -huh. um, in gay cinema that uh, I think always deserves a call out. It never got the respect it deserved. It kind of got made at the wrong time. Okay. Um, open cam. Okay. 
which is a movie that could have easily fallen into like both traps. Mm -hmm. And it almost does on the like porn with a plot. Mm -hmm. Almost does. Um, but it is actually a, siller, a serial killer. So it's horror in, you know, gay cinema space. And it's actually really good. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 it deserves a call out and a shout out. It independently, mm -hmm. a good movie, came out at the wrong time. Right. It kind of came out early. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I, I want to say like early 2000s roughly in there mm -hmm. um very early 2000s um if not late 90s even when it actually came out um really good movie kind of it's an odd one to run into people that are like oh i've seen that right but everyone you do that has seen it is like oh my god why can't we get more of that mm -hmm. like it was sexy enough to be like entertaining and a little bit showtime level mm -hmm. so like if you see it on showtime in any context it was good in that sense without being like this is legitimately just porn with a better plot mm -hmm. all right um, let's but, talk about the one we've been teasing if that's an older one and i didn't realize how old it was what fried green tomatoes yeah that's from what, 1991? I don't know. Give me a minute. I will pull up exactly. I remember. I used to know all these things. Like, I've seen the movie so many times, it's ridiculous. Well, start talking about it. Tell okay. the story and the underlying plot lines that aren't really expressed. 91. Got it on the first try. I said 91. You can go review the tape. Um, I thought I remembered. Um... <laughs> oh, oh the the oh god the audio track is off ew ew, ew. yeah that, that totally lines there but anyway and let's talk about this little hidden stuff that's in it well i don't want to kill the movie for anyone you um, won't kill the movie but it, it's basically the effect of generations of women going through different points in their life and the struggles that they're having mm-hmm it's set in the deep south, um, Alabama, if I remember correctly. I do believe. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. Anyway, it centers around the story that uh, Nanny Threadgood, played by Jessica Tandy, who's yeah. always an amazing actress, is telling to Kathy Bates' character, Evelyn Couch. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it's an accidental meeting that they become friends. She's telling about, you know, two people from her life and what they went through and all and their struggles. Okay. All of this centers around the Whistle Stop Cafe. Right. Well, let's back up and I'll give what the back cover says. One okay. of the, um, on one of the trapped housewives, Eleanor Crotch, Wednesday nursing home visits, she encounters Nancy Thirdgood, um, a colorful old woman who brightens Eleanor's outlook by shaking by sh sharing tales from her past. As Nancy recounts um, the episodes of her free-spirited sister-in-law, Izzy. Um, 
owner of a small Alabama cafe in the 20s in the bond that Izzy shared with her friend, Ruth, Eleanor gains confidence to change her own life for the better. Yeah, now this is all based on the book Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe by Fanny Flagg. Right. And to Dottie the Psychic, I have to only say this. Basic girls, I'm older and I have more insurance. Better. No, more. Is it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, you don't think I've seen that scene a hundred times? Like, let me tell you, that is on uh, that. That scene alone is on my repeat playlist. Mm -hmm. Because if I am in a bad enough mood, that is the only thing that gets me out of it. Mm -hmm. Either that or it revs me up for a fight. Either way, I can use it. Um, I love that scene. But yes, like I, I know my fried green tomatoes. Yeah, face it, girls. I'm older and I have more insurance. Mm hmm. <laughs> I know my lines. The only movie I'm better at with lines is Death Becomes Her. Right. And I can literally talk you from that one from opening credits to end credits. Right. But anyhow, what is not said in this movie, but the movie takes on, because of relationships of the 20s, friends forever. Well, but that's kind of the thing with that story is it's never made 100% clear. Right. And some of it, I mean, like, there's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. Which then again, sometimes for, you know, lesbian relationship deep south in the 20s mm -hmm. might have been everything that they could personally handle. Right. That, that it was just a super close friendship and they didn't cross the line. Right. Oh, we have a Facebook user going to Wanda. Yes. Writer of wrongs, Queen Beyond All Compare. Right. Or, excuse me, Queen Beyond Compare. Right. So, the, the movie deals with that. The movie deals with an abusive, stalking husband. The movie deals with the connection of the Southerners with the African, the white Southerners, with the African American Southerners, and how they were treated differently mm -hmm. in the culture. There were two, at this point in the South, there were two separate behaviors differently. One mm -hmm. was they're equal and, you know, let's go kill somebody. And the other one was the racist side of it and how the even the ones that were like equally treating <clears throat> and going, mm -mm, we ain't dealing with this. Well, that, and you also have the issues of domestic violence in the 20s. Yeah. And the fact that you didn't have legal recourse for that. Mm -hmm. That there wasn't a, a strong, that there was no understanding mm -hmm. of, or sympathy for, or, you know, options given to women in domestic violence situations. Domestic violence wasn't a thing. Right. It was called correcting your wife. Right. And that's was acceptable, right? And then um, there's an underlying was, story about um, children that has that, in their words, is damaged, 
when the boy lost his arm. Yeah. You know, and then working with that and proving that, no, that's not a disability. You can do more things than what you think. So this movie takes on all this with the Whistle Stop Cafe. Who oh, has- it takes on a lot. Yeah. Like that movie covers a lot of topics. Um, it really does. Yeah. Um, like it, that's what I'm saying. It's one of those movies, like it hits so many categories. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Should, now, say your say the line about the chicken egg. No, that is a lovely thing for someone to watch and, and experience as it occurs. Um, I'm not ruining for it. Well, I know, but I'm going, I'm going to say my favorite line in the whole movie. Okay. It's too hot. It's not cold enough yet to butcher pigs. That's not quite the line. All right. Give the line then, line quoter. It's hog boiling time. No, Miss Iggy. It, it, it's too cold to for- it's hog boiling time. Uh-huh. And the other's line that I've used many times, mm-hmm. multiple instances, is the secrets in the sauce. There is that. And that's the tag for the book. Yeah. Like, it's all over the movie. It's all over everything. And when you learn what those words mean, dear sweet Jesus... Um, it's a lot. Yeah, but this is not one of the harder movies. Does it have something and to deal with? It's you should get you some of them hormones, some stress tab for good measure. Stress tab number fives. Um, but yes, anyway, no, it's not about spaghetti. <laughs> well, she's laughing. Mm. No, she's nervous. Okay. There's a lot of great lines in that movie. Like, I just want to know, and I I know we're probably working with a small test group here of people that have, that are one currently in the conversation and are, you know, have seen the movie. Um, So all of that combined, it's a small sample size. Can anyone actually listen to Ghost Train, the opening theme for that movie? independently after seeing the movie and and not feel like you're about to cry. Like, can anyone actually listen to that after they've seen the movie? Also, that line is how much of them hormones you taking, honey? (laughs) Yeah, because the, the main storyteller here goes through like tearing a house apart, putting a house together, wrapping herself in cellophane, trying to keep her husband. Um, I use it oh, all the time and you've yet to even catch me on it is, you know, I didn't get a good scalding on these or I got a good scalding on this. Mm-hmm. When I'm cooking pork, especially. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to get hit over the head with a baseball bat? <laughs> Only if you need a jar, honey. (laughs) So anyway, and I think Facebook user is saying no to listening to Ghost Train. Is that correct? Sorry, our comments come in a few seconds delayed. 
think I know who a Facebook user is. Give me a minute. Okay. Well, we don't want to out them. Like, they're allowed to have their anonymity. I was just trying to figure right. out if that's what they were responding no to. Because otherwise, if you're arguing my quote on the movie line, I will say I'm right. Uh-huh. And I, I, we will go prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, there's some comments here I don't think I've seen, and I want to go in and okay. communicate with them. Um, Oh, okay. Um, Facebook user, yes, you are in the break room. And I'm needing a refill, so I'm putting that in. Uh, Oh, Tina works magic. Cool deal. Yeah. Hi, Tina. Welcome. Yes. Um, But no, we were talking about gay cinema and different things. And Kathy, if you're watching, yes, you are in the break room. You can stay in there and be comfortable. Um. But other things to look at when you're watching movies and realizing the time period. I think we, and as a culture, has really demonized a lot of things, and we forget the everyday human interactions that occur there. Mm-hmm. Um, and allowing those things to connect and be connected. Um, and that's that lens you have to watch some of this stuff through. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of that, something occurred the other day. Okay. Do you want to go into that or save that for after Ashley's question? Let's take Ashley's question. All right. Ashley, 8-26-96. I need a number for a day. I know coming soon is the financial blessing we've spoken about, but I'm getting a little impatient. Are there any important dates coming up that the cards are showing you? Give me a second. I had a different deck. <laughs> oh, he's going for a different deck. This has gotten serious. Well, there's some things that Tara's great for. Mm-hmm. But when I'm going for time, and I go for the old playing card. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm getting informed by our assistant. I've about killed the tea. <laughs> well, inform the assistant, the caffeine, Ivy. Yeah, make it a double. Well, coffee, but, you know. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I had to switch to tea, and we've been debating whether I was going to go and, like, outwardly say that. Invisible! Uh huh. He won't be invisible Thursday night. Apparently. Um, So, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. um, I had to go off coffee. So, yeah. Sorry, had to warm up the playing cards. Let's see what we're doing here. All right. So you've got stress and problems and headache going on. We have the five of, um, good God, five of spades here. So I'm looking at five days. Money will be improving within with the four of hearts. That's uh, eight, 16 days. Okay. Yep. So we're looking roughly at 16 days from now. So almost two weeks. A little over two weeks, sorry. A little over two weeks. Yeah. So roughly about the first beginning of the second week of March. Yep. All right. 
Ooh. Ashley, nine of clubs. Pay attention to dates that are a nine. Okay. Numerology wise, you'll see it in our, my feed. That is something I am moving back to being a static post is the numerology by the day. Um, because the dates and the numerological things are really hard to incorporate into a video. So that'll be going back to a photo post, but pay attention to that. Your nine days are you're going to be your lucky days. Okay. So with, well, roughly eight days left in the month, uh, one could say nine from today. Um, like if you count today. So then you're looking closer to like March 9th? No, honey. When the dates oh. add up to a nine is what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, when they add up to a nine. Okay, sorry, my bad. I was doing the numerology wrong. I misunderstood what you said. Got it. Right. All right, so apparently Disney Plus crashed. Yes. Poor Disney Plus. They have a hit show on their hands. They do. And this is one we had to have a discussion with because you're like, can I watch this? And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So WandaVision and Dottie, we'll get to you in just a second. That came in right as we got started again. Um, so we'll be with you in just a second. Um, so WandaVision, I was looking at, and I right now we don't have Disney Plus. It's not a rush for me. But I do keep seeing, like, the trailers and stuff popping up. And I, I'm having this moment of, like, the show looks really cool. But I have a little fear around trying to watch shows that are built around, a, like, an entire universe of characters and ideas. And it's it's literally its own entity. Right. Um, because some of those shows do stand independently, but most of them end up being, oh, you have to be so far down the rabbit hole of seeing the movies and reading the books and reading this and being part of that to get it and to really like have the full experience of it. Otherwise, it's just a meh show that makes a lot of references that don't make any sense to anyone who isn't so steeped in the universe mm -hmm. of like in this case marvel mm -hmm. um and so i was like is this really what i could watch because it looks great but at the same time i'm like i don't want to have one of those moments where it's like well if you didn't you know if, if you don't have a phd in marvel universe over here um you know it, no it's kind of going to be a little crappy and you're going to be going do what mm-hmm like, what is going on? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we had a whole discussion about that. You're thinking it's very much something that you could watch independent of, like, anything else Marvel. Everything I've seen come out of Marvel has been that way. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. I, I know that, like, Deadpool worked for me. Right. Which, is that DC or Marvel? That's Marvel, isn't it? No. Right. I don't know. I can't keep up. Right. I'm the worst techie ever. Right. If and you have I, not seen WandaVision, you should be able to watch WandaVision and be perfectly fine with the storyline, the whole plot line, everything. It's not tying into all the other Marvel. It isn't a, oh, God, what was that show that you tried to get me to watch? And I'm like, I haven't seen the rest of this. Oh. Hunger Games. No, I didn't try to get you to watch Hunger Games. 
you tried to get me to watch one of those that are like this plus this equals this, and you had to watch this to watch that. Oh, sorry. No, it, and I had to. I didn't get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It happens. It happens. All okay, right. Deadpool is Marvel. Thank you, Ashley. Yes. Like, I'm the worst for, like, I was not a comic book nerd. My mother tried. It didn't work for me. Baseball cards, you know, football cards, all of the cards didn't work for me. Like, I'm just, I I don't know. It did None of that worked for me. Like, the typical, like, things there, like, didn't work for me. Divergent? Divergent? Um, I don't think that's one I've seen, so I don't think that's one I brought him in on. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think what would be Hunger Games like. Yeah. Which I think Ashley did. She, she, I, I think I've heard enough of it mm -hmm. to think that might be in that same kind of like category. Right. But yeah, I don't offhand know. Right. I don't know. It was it was one of those moments when you get wrapped into something. You're like, oh, honey, come watch this. And I'm like, okay. Okay, but was it a movie or a TV show? TV show. That was a movie that was a TV show. Oh, I'll have to work on that one. Okay. okay. It's when you were in Princeton. We yeah. started watching it, and then you finished it. And I'm like, I ain't bothering. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. I'll try to figure that one out. Um, so yes, yeah, so ready for Dottie now. Yes, I've even got her pulled up here. It looks very promising. Okay, so Dottie the Psychic, 31786. When am I going to be able to get my business to a place that I can leave my job? Well, Dottie, looking at the King of Pentacles, echoing with the um here we got here, the Eight of Pentacles. Hard work, put in that stress, come up with those financial ideas and goals. We have the Six of Wands here showing you returning from something. So I think that's returning from, I want to say squashing and, you know, oh, this isn't my real job. Yes, it is your real job. All right. So then we have the new idea, the Ace of Wands. Focus on your ideas. Gain your education. We have the Ace of Pentacles here, which shows new money coming in. This will be from building your job. And then when we look at the time factor of the ladies fan, we have the Six of Pentacles. So I'm going six months. But keep make sure to keep your balance going on there. <clears throat> All righty. All righty. Now, I do want to give a shout out since Daddy is watching. I was going to bring it up anyhow. Huh? Um, she has a new video out. Now, Dottie is also on YouTube. It's Dottie the Psychic. Go watch it. It's called um, Death 2. She's done a really great job. It covers a lot of cool stuff in a really short amount of time. She covered the afterlife in 16 minutes. We can't cover the afterlife in 16 minutes. <laughs> we can't argue about the afterlife in 16 minutes. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, you know, that's a lot to cover. Yeah. Yes, it, uh, she was pointing out it is the second part. Right. Uh, the first part. first part. Yeah. And then watch the second part. Yes. Yes. You need to be in that series. You need to follow the series. It's cool. Very awesome. Oh, and a third one on grief is coming. Awesome. Can we do living grief? Well, she's needing a break. Right. Like Covering grief, you know, when you know they're dying and you already go through all the grief stages, including anger and bargaining. 
That, I I don't know. I think you can honestly cover that in grief. Like, I, I think, yeah. Well, she's saying it's going to be both. Cool. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Because we've both been in the caregiver situation. And, like, with your dad specifically, he basically was given a sell-by date. Like, right. You know, this is it. It's going to be over and done with in this period. Mm -hmm. Um. For me, and, and I know that's a really crass thing to say. Um, no, it's an honest thing. He, we were given two weeks. Yeah, and it lasted eleven years. years. Eleven years. Um, whereas with my grandmother, I kind of approached that situation of like she's ninety some, like she's ninety years old. How many more years? Like not being mean about it, but like how many more years could she have left? Mm-hmm. And I like, we, and I'm not saying this is just me. We kind of all sat there and thought the same thing. Like she's 90 years old. How many more years could she have left? And, you know, we thought when my, her son, my dad passed mm -hmm. away, like, okay, that's it. That's going to kill her like six months, mm -hmm. like within six months, this is going to kill her. Um, and no, she went on after that and, you know, kept going. And it turned out to be seven years from the time I got there. So 2010 to 2017, full-time caregiver, watching her mental decline, her physical decline, like her quality of life decline, her mm -hmm. ADL capacity decline, mm -hmm. all of this is declining. And then we get to the most anticlimactic ending humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Like she got a common infection. Her body wasn't responding to medication. And we went from like, this should be no big deal to hospice care, two weeks and a funeral. Right. And it was like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I was prepared for a lot of things. I was prepared for one morning she's just not going to wake up. I was prepared for she's going to have a horrible accident, you know, because she she was having some cognitive issues. Mm -hmm. And there were things she had already done that were like, I don't know how she survived that, but okay. Um, you know, the one example I give is um, she had this clock in her kitchen and the cord was going bad. So she takes the clock down, sets it on the stove and goes to replace the cord on it. With one small missing step, she forgot to unplug it from the wall. This woman survived cutting a live electrical cord, 120 volts of electricity with a butcher knife mm -hmm. on a metal, metal stovetop, not a nice enamel coated stovetop, stainless steel mm -hmm. this is the stuff that like for the first year i'm one learning and two like also dealing with other things she's doing mm -hmm. that are making me increasingly more afraid to leave her alone for any extended time mm -hmm. um so yeah and point blank yes caregiver stress yeah. the long-term effects of like you're just sitting there going I don't know. Like, one, you've already dealt with it. Like, mm -hmm. you, the things you have to accept, the things you have to go through, like, you know is going to happen. 
Um, but anyway, getting back to my point, I was prepared for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But to have her, you know, fall on my birthday and we end up spending the evening of my birthday. I laugh now. It was not funny to me at the time. Um, the evening of my birthday, what had been a great day, suddenly we're in the emergency room. I think she's busted her face open because she fell. Turns mm -hmm. out she has a, a very common infection. Mm -hmm. They sent us home with antibiotics, and I'm like, okay, crisis averted, so I think. And then it just slowly, over the course of a month, unraveled. Or, well, mm -hmm. a little more than a month, but slowly unravels. Right. Um, and it was just so, like, that was not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I, yeah, and this, you know, it's not what I expected. I came home thinking I'll be here two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to, you know, send for my stuff. I don't need to have, you know, resign from my job. I'm on leave for two months. I will have this wrapped up and have my happy little life back. Eleven well, years later. Well, and some of it is that, and it's, again, it's not meant to be crass or crude or rude about it. It's just, if you give someone two weeks to, you know, that that's you know, roughly how long they're going to live, mm -hmm. buffer a little plus or minus in there, because those aren't exact. It's not like, you know, immediately at like 12.01 a.m., that two weeks is expired and flatline. You know there's going to be some wiggle there. Yep, just how um, stubborn dad was. Well, yeah, and then you're thinking in, also in terms of, and then there will be everything else. Right. The funeral, the will, the, you know, securing assets and, you know, getting ready to, like, move things out, you know, potentially put the house on the market, all these things. Mm -hmm. Like, you envision the things that are going to have to happen afterwards. And it's like, okay, two months, that should cover it. Mm-hmm. Two months, like, so you hit, like, week two, then week three, and four, and five, and you realize, <laughs> okay, this wasn't what I expected. <laughs> like, I put in a two-month leave. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Um, and, well, for me, it was a little more open-ended from the beginning. Right. Um, but it was very much different than what even I expected. Right. I had just left a job, which in 2010 was a bad idea for anyone, but, you know, whatever. Leaving the job was way better than staying. I'm alive. I call this proof of that mm -hmm. um, because that job was killing me. Um, but, no, so you, you turn around. I leave this. I thought, well, you know, I, I can go up there for a few months, you know, help my grandmother out some. You know, maybe I'll stay there a while and help her out. And then everything hit. I no more than moved up there. And within a couple of, or a few months, um, well, actually several months. It was about a year later. Um, my father passed, mm -hmm. which like he had been sick on it. Well, he had some long-term medical conditions, but he had been suddenly sick, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, okay, we're sending him home with hospice and, you know, okay, he's dead. Like, mm -hmm. totally unexpected. 
Like that wasn't on the radar. It should have been, but it wasn't. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, meanwhile, while I'm there and there's several months, I'm realizing how well my grandmother is kind of hidden. What all's going on with her? Mm -hmm. um, that if you're not around her a lot, there's a lot of things happening with her that you wouldn't see or, you know, think or feel that are going on. Mm -hmm. um, like you wouldn't clue in on. She was, she had done really good up to that point mm -hmm. um, with kind of like there were little things and, you know, in hindsight, it was like, oh, that should have been our clue. But the big stuff like she was handling and managing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then all of us, you know, all of a sudden I'm realizing everything that's been going on, has gone on, she's going through and that, oh shit, I'm stuck with her. Like, I, like there's no nice way to put it. I'm stuck with her. Mm -hmm. Like any thought I had that I'm like, that dad dying was like the V8 moment for me that, oh God, I'm stuck with her. Mm -hmm. like any thought I had that I was going to be like, okay, I helped out Mama, and you know, <laughs> all right, I have a job now. Because <laughs> I, when we found at the the day that everything broke for Dad, uh -huh. um, I was literally standing in the middle of an airport in Charleston, South Carolina, getting ready to board, or I believe it was Charleston, South Carolina, or was, uh, uh, Charlotte Douglas, one of the two. Um, either way, one of the two airports, I had gotten off a, uh, well, no, it had to be Charlotte Douglas. I'd gotten off a plane. So of course my phone's been off. I turned my phone on while I'm waiting for my next flight. And I have this voice message of, you know, the neighbor had to break down your dad's door. He had collapsed in the living room. And it's like, okay like where the hell did that come from like what what's going on what's happening i can't get a hold of anyone and i've got to board a plane right. like i literally had like 30 minutes between flights mm -hmm. and so immediately i'm having to turn off because if i miss my plane i'm only delaying anything right. um get on another plane and fly into charleston west virginia and then get off the plane, turn my phone on, and there's more messages as to, okay, he's at the hospital now, blah, blah, blah. They think this happened, yada, yada, yada. And it just, like, total gear change. I had flown down for a job interview. Mm -hmm. This is where I was at when that happened. I was totally expecting to, you know, if I got offered the job, pick up and move to South Carolina. Mm-hmm at like a minute's notice like just put my shit in the u-haul and drive to south carolina this is what i do now mm -hmm. um because i was like 28 years old mm -hmm. and this is what i'm totally expecting i should be doing mm -hmm. um weird things happen when you have family that's a lot older than you because you were what's typically called a midlife crisis child mm -hmm. um so yeah things happen um and it gets crazy yeah, it does. All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Patreons, be looking for a post. We are going to be scheduling your live Patreon. And the Invisible Assistant will be joining us for this one.
Yay. So, yeah, let's go ahead and thank our wonderful baristas, Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda Bryant, and, of course, the ever-wonderful Ashley Guest, who is always with us, and we love her for it. If you'd like to learn more about the show or how to become a Patreon supporter, a.k.a. one of our baristas, please visit PCSPNetwork.com. Bye, y'all. Wash your hands. Stay warm. Bye, guys. Bye, Tina. Thank you for joining us. Bye, Tina. Bye, everybody that joined us now. Um, And welcome to our new subscribers. We've actually hit over the 100 mark on YouTube. Woohoo! Awesome. Awesome.